Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga, with player picks as sensational as a Silas Waman Gituka box-to-box finish, fantasy advice as locked on as Andre Silva's name on the score sheet, and two pundits who both wished that Ritsu Doan's pick had worked out better for them on the weekend. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Surrogat. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy, Season 4, Match Day 20, and joining me, as always, the fantasy fußball got himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, uh, it's a special day today, Bremen's 122nd birthday, so celebrations are in order. Yeah, well, you you could say that, yeah, I guess, but I'm I'm not like, it's so far back. I mean, I know it's the 4th of February. I, I just wrote a book where I did cover the story, how the club was founded. And so uh, read my book if you want to uh, know more about it. It's hitting the shelves in April. Well, I, I think I know the answer to this myself, but just because it is their birthday, I thought I'd ask you the question. You, you probably won't. Well, I, no, I you, think, you, you I, think I do. Your favorite Bremen no. player of all time. Yeah, Miku. <laughs> I knew it. I did know yeah. that. Yeah, because you talk about him uh, with with great fondness, let's say, and I've heard many a tale regaled by you in the Bundesliga offices about Mr. Johan Mikud. Yeah. But, so what was it about him that made him your favorite? Um, he, he was a, uh, always able to surprise me. Um, I mean, I, I think that's like what I enjoy most. Like if you're watching a football game and you feel like you at least theoretically know a thing or two, then you feel like, okay, now this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this player uh, will do this pass and and so on. And Miku, like all of a sudden, he, he would just do things you, you didn't expect and you were saying, well, that's, that's magical. Um, uh, just these moments and uh, yeah, it, it was uh, as a person and as a player, uh, I, I really in, in enjoyed it. Uh, his time at, at Bremen. No, I was I was confident of the answer, but I thought it was a nice chance to to open up the forum so that our listeners could get a little insight into a how long you've been a Bremen fan and b the types of players that you have you know looked up to over the years. Um, a bit of news before we crack on with the show today, because for a third season running, our good friend, model maker, and linguist extraordinaire Haymarket Second has again gone to great lengths to get the TFF Pokal up and running. The first round is in the books. This is the the cup competition that's been linked with the Bundesliga fantasy, thanks to Haymarket Second on a, uh, you know, on on behalf of Talking Fußball Fantasy, let's say. The second round will be this weekend, so go and check out how you are faring. If you search TFF Pokal, which is spelt P-O-K-A-L, on Twitter, you'll find his Twitter profile, which includes a link to the relevant Google document. Flo and I aren't in it for a couple more rounds. We have the excuse of a buy because of our wonderful performances in recent seasons. But let's talk about some listener questions, Flo, because we've got a lot to cover in today's show. And I'll start with one from at rookie underscore CR. He says, hi, Flo and James, uh, like your podcast, which we're very happy about. He says, I'm located in Costa Rica, which I have to say, very jealous about. It's where I went for my honeymoon. Brilliant place. And right now, when coronavirus is over, Flo, Costa Rica is up there as one of the two potential places that I think Michelle and I might go once this is all over. It's, it's competing with Japan. So if I, if I do pick Costa Rica, I'm going to be in touch, rookie underscore CR. But he's got a question about fantasy flow before he digress too much. And he's asking about Durham, Harland and Nagu. And I think these are three names we're going to hear a lot in this show. He's asking which to sell in which order. For now, let's just focus on the strikers. He's looking at Silver and Weghorst for replacing Harland. What's your assessment up front? Uh, Definitely Silva. So I myself would love to bring in Silva this week. As I, like he's in amazing uh, form right now. Uh, he had 24 shots on goal so far this year. So in 2021, that's what I what I clipped this afternoon to to check how everyone's doing. He's up there. That's fourth place in the league. But which is noticeable, he had 24 shots on goal and missed four. So from 24 shots. Uh, only four went wide of the mark. And that's like unbelievable. If we like Gonzalez has 27 shots on goal, 11 went wide. So you're seeing that Matt Silva is not just only shooting, but like he, he, he's hitting the mark. And that's why he already has seven goals and 24 shots. And Gonzalez has just two with 27. Uh, so and that's, that's definitely something to keep in mind. In a, like, if I sort by shots, 
and Bautvejos comes in at 11th place with 15 shots. So Andres Silva has nine shots more in six games than Vejos. So on average, he's getting off one and a half shot more. And that's just like, that's, that's the baseline we are hunting here. Of course, if there's a pattern that a guy just like he shoots decently enough, but doesn't score, uh, then you probably uh, think you're, you're better off going with a guy who shoots less, but hits the mark more often. But, uh, and that's not the case with Silva and Vejos, so it's, it's Silva by, by a wide margin for me. Yeah, I think for me, Silva's the one that got away a little bit with unlimited transfers. And then it was Adi Hutter's press conference where he said, oh, you know, maybe he needs a rest and maybe we'll give him a bit of time off. I, I, it really is. I would have had Silva in my squad if it wasn't for those two things, because I was riding that differential pretty hard into the unlimited transfers. And it was it was really working out well for me. And then that all happened. And I brought in bloody Erling Haaland and I'm not happy with him. And I think that that's going to show throughout this uh, episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy. But okay, I agree with you fully on the the strikers aspect. Let's talk about the defenders because when it came to the listener questions, Durm and Agu were the two names that I saw the most amongst the listener questions. I've picked one out. It's from at Hohenheim 77. He says Agu will probably not be in the starting lineup. World Cup winner Durm might not be fit. He says his number one replacement is probably Otavio, but who else can come in? He says due to budget restrictions, I might need to choose between Vent, Toure and Jakobs. He's asking for a one and done, but let's talk generally here, Flo, because I think this is a problem a lot of people are facing. Durm and Agu in a lot of squads, they're very cheap and not a lot of people have a lot of flexible budgets right now because Sancho, Kimmich, Kostic, Silva, Lewandowski are all banging in goals left, right and centre and picking up big points. And as a result, they're going to need very cheap defenders to replace them this week. So where are you looking in that budget market? Yeah, my number one pick would be Matteo Morey from Dortmund just because he's so cheap and Meunier is still out. And I mean, Paslak had an abysmal showing in the cup against Paderborn. Uh, gave away that that penalty was a like really bad challenge uh, uh, in the box, uh, so I'm pretty confident that Moray will start and was like at a price tag with 2.2 million getting a Dortmund defender who's in the starting lineup. Um, that that's like that's a win uh, on itself. So he would be the first to look at, and if we get word that Iago can't go. Uh, for Augsburg, then it's Pedersen who will play left back, and he's only 1.3 million. Uh, he's definitely uh, a cheap guy uh, you can look at. And now I have to uh, take a quick look at my notes, James, to to tell you if uh, I have another uh, cheapy. But like the guys who are at the bottom of the the price table, um, I think that's Bore and maybe Pedersen. And if Iago can go. Iago still, even if they're playing Wolfsburg, uh, I still think um, their worst way is you can go. And then um, it's probably Otavio for me with 8.6 and then next tier. He's the si- same price tag as Denida Costa, but uh, I definitely prefer Otavio, especially like he, he's winning challenges for fun right now in an unbelievable mark uh, match after match. He's Kayubi reincarnated um, really for me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, and it fits that he's not playing at Augsburg. Uh, if we talk about Kayubi, so, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, Otavio, uh, would be the next guy. One I would love to bring in now and would make a perfect swap for Agus Ludwig Augustinsson, uh, cause he's just looking so good. Um, nearly scored in, in the cup match against Furt, uh, doing all the set pieces. Price tag for 9.3 million. I think it's pretty fair. Um, if you can get up to him, I, I actually would prefer him over Otavio just because of the flexibility and the standalone fixture. And Bremen is playing at home against Freiburg next week. So he's definitely someone you can um, uh, pick now and keep in your squad. Can I ask you about two one million 
Euro defenders, I think we say Euros in this game, but let's just say 1 million value defenders in this game because there was a question from at Martin underscore Mulcahy who asked about whether we can talk him out of buying Chris Richards, who of course has moved on loan from Bayern to Hoffenheim for the remainder of the season. And the other player that had come up in my mind was Tuta, the Brazilian defender with Eintracht Frankfurt. Now, at 1 million, you can't really expect them to do anything. I just wondered whether those were names worth mentioning to give people a little bit of relief where they could maybe dip into a 1 million player Tuta more guaranteed to start I think than Richards for Hoffenheim it's fair to say but that could add a little bit more relief to free up some budget I mean rookie underscore CR was mentioning Otavio and Elvedi so if he can get up to Elvedi I think that's certainly not a bad way to go because he did almost score in the cup as well uh, last night against Stuttgart but what about Chris Richards what about Tuta how are you feeling about those two Flo? Uh, I think the likelihood of Richards starting is pretty slim so I am, um, especially since uh, Kadarabic should be back for that match for Hoffenheim and Richard, I mean, he can play as a central back or he can play as a right back, but both positions are taken uh, in Hoffenheim and I think it will take some time uh, to break into the first team if it's going to happen. So it's not a sure thing that he'll, uh, he'll be a starter going forward. With Tuta, I mean, he's a center back. You can pick him. I don't have any issues with that. Uh, I think the ceiling probably is pretty low, but sometimes we see these freak games. I, re I remember like uh, Toure getting <laughs> four shots after set pieces when he was playing centre-back just randomly. So that's definitely something that can happen. And if I, I need a one million guy, uh, I definitely uh, would prefer Tuta over... Uh, over Richards and was uh, at 1.3 million we got like the mentioned Peterson of Augsburg who I would prefer if Iago uh, is out or highly questionable for the game against Wolfsburg. Yeah, I will admit, I do have another name in my back pocket, but to keep you guys on 10 hooks till the end of the show, I'm going to leave it for my player picks. But there's a team that we will mention later on that I think actually doesn't just provide one potentially budget option in defense this weekend, but arguably two or three. So we'll talk about them a little bit later, but let's move on to the next question. And I hope, Martin, that that helps talk you out of buying Chris Richards. I think that was a pretty strong argument made by Flo, and I would agree with it as well. If you do want and one million defender go tutor. I think that's because you're guaranteed starter and, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a throwaway pick, but it saves you a bit of cash. The next question, at Gavin underscore Doyle underscore IE, he says, given Bayern's next two standalone fixtures, how many of their players would you play? He also asked Flo, would it be worth doubling up on Muller and Lewandowski up front? And I have to say, I mean, we talk often about not doubling up and especially in the striker role and especially with Lewandowski and Muller but if you had from the start of the season flow you would be laughing in the fantasy game and while it takes away a bit of flexibility those two are performing so consistently compared to Erling Haaland or someone like that or Wout Weghorst that it's actually a feasible tactic nowadays isn't it? It is and it's also it's leading to one point like I noticed when I did my stats research today that, that Bayern is starting to be head and shoulders over the rest of the field again. So uh, they had uh, 123 shots on goal so far this year in six matches. Uh, Stuttgart is in second place with 104. So there's a gap of 19 shots between Bayern and the next club. And for instance, Dortmund is sitting at uh, 94 shots on goal in six games. So that's a difference of 30 shots. That's basically five shots a game, and that's what's creating uh, fantasy points. So um, I think it could be wise to invest in Bayern. The only issue is, like, we, we now have a Friday match at Berlin, which is perfect. We then have a Monday match against uh, Bielefeld, which is a nightmare after them playing the, the, the Club World Cup, and we're not even sure who's going to be in, in, in the match squad for Bayern. And that's definitely something that would give me headaches with going, uh, going into the next match day with too many Bayern players. Could be just the problem that, uh, like, who knows who are they uh, going to play when they have a home game against Bielefeld, where they probably feel they can win that comfortable anyway. 
after being in a competition in a whole different area of the world where the climate conditions are, are, are so different. I, I'm just not sure. I, I think there could be a lot of rotation in the Bielefeld game for Bayern. And that's definitely something to keep in mind. And we won't know. That's just like how it is. But uh, for this match day alone, could be good to load up. On the other hand, like if the game goes out of hand and Munich is up after 60 minutes and they already, um, that's something we should probably say, James, that like kickoff is moved forward. So it's earlier and they uh, left the DFL a notice that uh, they are going to start 30 minutes earlier. And <laughs> I mean, being Bayern, this, of course, was waved through. So uh, they're starting at eight o'clock German time so that they can get to the airport after the match and fly to uh, Dubai. Uh, right. Or is it Dubai? Is Saudi Arabia? I'm, I'm not even sure where that is, actually. I couldn't care yeah. less about that competition. <laughs> I'm with you. Actually, I couldn't tell you whether it's, I mean, it's been in, in, in various places recently. Somewhere warm, I guess. Yeah, but, you would think so. Uh, They're they flying there straight after the game, which leads me to maybe if Flick has the opportunity to swap out even players like Kimmich or Lewandowski a bit earlier. Uh, I definitely think that's on the table as well. Uh, so that's that's my only concern with Bayern. Apart from that, I think right now they are so much better than everyone else in creating fantasy points, in creating shots, that it's not a bad idea to have a lot of Bayern players in your squad if you've got the budget. Because it's so much safer than having like a player from Leverkusen, for instance. They, Leverkusen uh, got off uh, 76 shots so far in this year. So that's more than, uh, it's almost 50 shots different between uh, Bayern to Leverkusen. And even uh, like if we count on average, that's two and a half points less created. So we're sitting at 125 points less creation, uh, um, uh, points creation by Leverkusen through shots than with Bayern. And, and that's definitely something to keep in mind. The the floor is so high right now, and uh, with Bayern, no, it, re it really is. And that, so I, I I wouldn't mind going like pretty heavy on that Friday game, if like depending on who's in the starting lineup. But we we talk about that shortly when we talk about the Bayern matchup. No, definitely, we will get to that without a doubt. But that's it, Kimmich Lewandowski. I mean, they're the, they're the rock solid picks, really. But uh, yeah, anything could happen in the next couple of weeks given Bayern's schedule. So it is one to keep an eye on. Okay, final question from our listeners for part one, and it's from at Adrian Zertel, who says, "I feel a little bit dirty asking about these questions, but here we go." He says he went with Kalajic over Gonzalez last week, and it worked out pretty well. Gonzalez got ten points, Kalajic got fifteen. But he asked, "Would it be time to make that direct swap?" between the two, he is also asking whether it's time to dump Vincenzo Grifo, of course, with an eye to bring him back, he says. Yes, I think, like, if we look at the stats, Freiburg is doing pretty poorly so far this season. They gave, like, they had 57 shots on goal and Bielefeld has the worst record in that regard with 52. So they, they really near the bottom in this, in this regard. And Grifo is not a challenge monster. He has to get his points from shots on goal, even through uh, uh, giving the, the passes or, or, or hitting them uh, himself. Um, but Freiburg is not clicking on all cylinders right now, so I, I, I definitely would get rid of him. Even though it's not like... They score 13 goals with 57 shots on goal. And just in, in comparison, the next team who scored more goals than Freiburg Eintracht Frankfurt, 91 shots on goal with 17. But Dortmund, for instance, if we take a comparison, Dortmund gave up 94 shots on goal, scored 12 goals. Freiburg gave, uh, had uh, 57 shots on goal, scored 13 uh, goals. That's not sustainable. So I think that the Freiburg players are like, they, they did even better than they should have uh, if we just look at the stats. So definitely uh, getting rid of Grifo isn't a bad idea, although it has to be said that 
Like uh, Dortmund is allow allowing the seven smallest shots on goal so far in in 2021. So it's not a shy away matchup right now uh, with the way they are playing. But still, I would prefer to sell Grifo. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that. Their dip in form has certainly coincided with his. And I think when we were talking about this tough run of fixtures for Freiburg, we said, well, you could stick with him because you feel like he's still going to be involved in shots on goal. But even that seems to have dried up a little bit for him, which is a shame. But he is definitely still on our radars by all account. Okay, we will leave it there for part one, though. Just quickly before we go, shout out to Rasmus Lormus, who got a new personal best last weekend. He did get in touch. We didn't read out his question, which was about the Eric Durham hype train. I think... I reckon we've given you enough material on that subject, and I think there's a bit more to come as well. Oh, I, I think we, like, have we talk about Durham? Like, if he's fit, he stays in your squad. If he's not, he, he has to go. Yeah, I'm, we're still but waiting we on the press conference. we don't have that news right now. Yeah, that's it. Adi Hutter, at the time we're recording on Thursday afternoon for us, or evening now as we approach. But yeah, Adi Hutter has still not given his press conference. I might just check whether they have done that while we take oh, a break. Lazy bugger. But we'll be back in just a jiffy for part two. So join us then. to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy and I can inform you because I know you're waiting with bated breath that Adi Hutz's press conference is tomorrow so it's on Friday so we're definitely not going to know before the end of the show whether Doom is fit but that is one to keep an eye on. For now let's comb through this week's nine games in search for some golden fantasy nuggets as always and we start with that game Hertha against Bayern. A reminder Flo did mention it in part one but the kickoff time has been moved half an hour forward so it is at eight o'clock local time but it's just a half an hour difference but that is something to bear in mind because you don't want to miss that window of making your transfers for this weekend just because of that because yes Bayern are already getting away with it don't let them take you down as well out there but on that note Hertha have taken points in five of their last eight Bundesliga meetings with Bayern Dardai interestingly was in charge for four of them there's been one win and four draws admittedly so it wasn't the most sterling of records but not a bad one either way um, meanwhile Bayern have scored 57 goals after 19 rounds of fixtures which equals Werder Bremen's league record for team goals at this juncture set in 1985-86 so I think it's safe to assume Flo that we're not going to be advising people invest in the Hertha squad here we've talked about how many players or the fact that we could load up with Bayern players but who is top of the shopping list in each position right now for you it's definitely Kimmich and Lewandowski uh, both are Lewandowski is a must-have I, I think you, you're doing something wrong if you're you're not choosing him even if like some from time to time he has bad games just his shot involvement is amazing but Like what surprised me, what really did surprise me that Kimmich and Lewandowski both were involved in 35 shots so far uh, this year. So in 2021, Kimmich has the exact amount of, of shots involved than Lewandowski has, which is just amazing and showing you like the new, uh, I think more attacking role of Kimmich and If that continues, he, like he he's very very good. Already five assists, one goal uh, since uh, New Year. So that's that's pretty good. And uh, same with Lewandowski. So they are both in your squad. And if we're looking further, the guy I would be most interested in, uh, probably if he's in the starting lineup for some reason, is Jamal Musiala, because uh, he's sitting there with just 1.8 million. Goretzka and Martinez both are out because of Corona. Uh, then we got Quarantine Tolisso, who I think like he did his last nail in the coffin uh, with his time at, at Bayern with his stupid act of getting a tattoo and posting that on social media while the guy who's doing that tattoo, who's obviously not from the football bubble, not wearing oh, a mask. Are you sure? Are you sure, Flo? <laughs> <laughs> not wearing a mask. It's just like, I, I'm, I'm not sure like what, what's going on sometimes in, in the hats of the footballers. But I, I think in, in recent past, that was like, uh, that wouldn't fly with Bayern. And I'm pretty sure that like we, we won't see much of Tolisso this season for Bayern. And I expect him to be out of the club at, um, in the summer. And that that's either meaning that Mark Rocker is going to start 
But he's sitting at 8.8 million. And if he plays, like he, he would be the sole number six and um, being the guy who's responsible for uh, that, that Kimmich, for instance, can make his forward runs. And so, so he, I wouldn't be interested in him. But uh, if it's Muziala who comes in to the squad, I'm definitely interested in for 1.8 million. And I think it's quite possible. I, I'd say like around 30% that he's going to start. But since it's a Friday game, we definitely know that. Yeah, you can try your luck with Sané. I think there are worse roads uh, you you can go. But he's a bit of an on the expensive side with 17.9. And he's definitely one I wouldn't feel comfortable um, playing on a Monday evening game and being pretty likely to not being in the starting lineup. A guy I would be interested in, maybe he's a great differential pick, is Serge Nabry. Uh, he's really picking up form, so uh, he, he's looking better and better week after week. But he's a striker in the game and costing you 18.6 million. That makes it very hard for me to pull the trigger on him. But if you're thinking on doubling up Müller and Lewandowski, you definitely could save some money, almost 3 million, and going with Nabri over Müller. Uh, I don't think it's it's a bad idea if Nabri is in the, in the starting lineup. And if we cook, look at the back, basically the guy who play who plays right back is probably the most interesting one for me. <laughs> right. So it's either Zula or Pavard. Yeah, that's it. I mean, because Zula looks really good at right back. Although you could go with Davies over Pavard. I, I actually think that if Zula plays right back for 11.6 million, he's a, a pretty good pick. I agree. He, had a, he was involved in, I think he had four shots himself and, and set up a further two, if I'm not mistaken, that is off the top of my head. But yeah, as a as, as a marauding right back, Nicolas Zula didn't look too bad. And so if they do stick with that and go with that again, I, I do think that could be a huge source of a differential uh, for a lot of people. And really, I think the differentials are in Bayern's back line because not a lot of people have them yet. You can go with one of them because you'll know whether they're in the starting lineup and there are good options on either side, you know, whether it's Hernandez or Davies on one side or Pavar or Zula on the other you've got options there so that could be certainly something to look at okay let's dip into the 3.30 games on the Saturday here local time of course starting with Leverkusen against Stuttgart two sides that like to get forward two sides that are attack minded two sides that like to score goals it's a perfect recipe for us as fantasy owners now Stuttgart are the second best away team in this season's Bundesliga behind Bayern München while Leverkusen have only won one of their last four home games in the league I, I have to say Flo I, I'm watching Stuttgart on a regular basis and we talked about him a bit last week but I, every time I watch them I just can't help but think if only Silas Wamangatuka was a midfielder in the Bundesliga fantasy game all our prayers would be answered he's not unfortunately who's your player pick from this one though? Uh, that, that's def definitely a tough one uh, I think it has to be Florian Wirtz um, he, he's great value and Leverkusen like they're not looking as sharp as we've seen them but still, Stuttgart is creating a lot, but they also conceding a decent amount of, of shots. So I don't think it's a shy away fixture. But if you think like, like I've got an inkling in my head that maybe this is the time to actually jump onto the Stuttgart bandwagon and sticking with Gonzalez. Uh, could be could be a great idea. I'm just not sure which midfielder I trust, but. Like having Gonzalez and Sosa in my squad, and 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 staying uh, staying like that, I, I don't think it's it's the worst idea in the world. Just because of the shot creation uh, of Stuttgart is so sound so far, and Leverkusen. I mean, they lost at the at a fourth tier club during the week after going in front an extra time. They actually <laughs> managed to lose this one, which like hats off. That's uh, yeah, that's some feat. Uh, to accomplish and yeah I'm, I'm i'm not feeling great about this game as a whole i have to imagine because usually you would say as you should back leverkusen in this one but i, I don't think it's as clear-cut as it seems but gun to my head is probably florian words who's my pick still even if i think that stuttgart could do better than most think 
Well, that's it for me with Stuttgart. If you can ride out this game against Leverkusen, then they've got games against Hertha, Köln and Schalke to follow in the three that are after that. And that is a lovely patch of fixtures that you certainly do want some assets from. And Gonzalez, yes, he's dropped into the 10, but he's still being involved in chances. And I do wonder whether Kalajic is going to be the starting striker every game. I think that's something Matarazzo is going to change dependent on opponent. And I wonder whether against Leverkusen, whether we could see Gonzalez, a, a nifty and more mobile forward, maybe starting the lone striker role and uh, give them a bit of flexibility in their midfield that someone like, I don't know, Klimovic or Furster could maybe benefit from. But uh, if you can ride it out, I would wish Stuttgart uh, this weekend because yeah, the, the assets are valuable and Gonzalez and Sosa are the two that are in my squad as well and I don't see that changing. Mm. Oh, oh, and one thing to add, I mean, Gonzalez had 10 points last week without scoring and Vamangituka had 10 points last week with scoring. Very true. So that's definitely something to, like, he has to score to be up at where Gonzalez is without hitting the net. And, it, like, if he's going on to a scoring spree, Gonzalez that is, like, it's going to be insane, especially for his price tag with just 10.2 million. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you have 10 million more, almost 10 million more than if you go uh, with, with Müller, for instance. Yeah, or, Lewandowski or Haaland. Or Haaland yeah. or Silva. So. No, that's it. Yeah, I think we've got the same front three right now of Lewandowski, Gonzalez and Haaland. And we were talking about it a bit before we started recording. But I tell you, Erling Haaland is on my chopping list. That man has done me in so many times in this fantasy game that I can't can't really fathom taking out Gonzalez, especially with those three fixtures after the Leverkusen game that I mentioned. But you are right. The debate about Silas and Gonzalez is settled by exactly games like this where Silas will score, but he won't score more points than uh, Gonzalez in the fantasy game. And it should be worth noted as well, he was... He had a, he put in a big shift against Gladbach last night as well because Ben Zabaini was up and down the wing and so all of a sudden Wamangatuka was having to defend a little bit more than I think he was used to this season so whether that will have an effect this weekend or not remains to be seen but let's move on to the next game Freiburg against Dortmund after winning a club record five Bundesliga games in a row Freiburg have taken maximum points just once in their last four games but unlike Dortmund they didn't go to extra time in the DFB Pokal during midweek. There may be a few rotation risks in the Dortmund squad as a result, Flo. So who are you looking at for this game? I'm going with Matteo Morey for 2.2 million. I think he's just great value. And he might not be the, the greatest fantasy player out there, but I think he's at least solid playing as, as a right back in an attacking-minded team. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to risk it, especially since he's playing on... Saturday afternoon, so I probably have the option of swapping him out later. And uh, yeah, Dortmund player for that price tag is not very like often that you get the possibility. I, I like that pick. I mean, I think he, he, he got forced off injured in the cup, but he came off at half time and it didn't seem to be a, a bad knock because they brought him out during the halftime break to see whether he could continue. And he just seemed to be saying, uh, muscles a bit tight. So you'd hope that that will resolve itself because they do need him, uh, in the absence of Thomas Meunier right now. I think I already saw the news that he's good to go. Oh, there you go. Um, on the weekend, so yeah. And I mean, we haven't gotten a question concerning goalkeepers. Oh, true. Uh, yes, true. This is I'm, worth I'm, mentioning. I'm wondering, like that, Milan hasn't sent in a question <laughs> if he should buy Marvin Hitz because um, Roman Burke is out injured for some time, and Hitz is costing you 1.7 million. So all you guys who wanted to waste your transfers for goalkeepers definitely can do that. <laughs> no, if your if your squad is loaded, why not? So, but still think like, do we know what's the time frame with uh, Berkey? They said ten to fourteen days. Right, it's a uh, shoulder injury, which isn't great for a goalkeeper, and it's something he's been carrying for a couple of weeks, apparently. But the thing is, it's a, it's a quick fix that really, at some point further down the line, you're going to have to make another transfer to to sort out. Well, I'm I'm not sure about that, but like, because there's a lot of discussion of Berkey having his last year at Dortmund, and the problem is that that Hits wasn't being able to do like a promotion for himself in the cup match. Uh, I'm, I'm really wondering why Dortmund, for some reason, can't find a good goalkeeper. <laughs> that seems to be pretty tough. But they, they keep finding these goalkeepers that are on the, the, the top end of being great, but never world-class, right? Like, I, Roman Weidenfeller was exactly like that as well. Roman Weidenfeller was, was, like, way above 
what uh, Berkey is doing for them. I, I agree with that, but you wouldn't put Weidenfeller amongst Buffon, Neuer, those no. types of goalkeepers, would you? I'm talking that echelon, right? That's the difference to Dortmund, that they haven't been able to have this world-class standout keeper that could really be their Manuel Neuer and rescue them a few points here and there. It has made a difference. And yeah, Berkey and Hits, they're, they're very much of a muchness, actually, in terms of, you know, very similar uh, goalkeepers as well. But yes, it could, it could be, if you really fancy yourself this week, a nice way to save yourself a bit of cash if you do want to bring in Marvin hits at the back. Uh, admittedly, I did think about it because Timo Horn is not working out for me right now, but I've got Stefan Ortega, so it's okay. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, I did what, like, the funny thing with Timo Horn, sorry, but I just have to mention that while, oh, you, while you said that. They had a penalty shootout in the cup, and that was the second time I saw a penalty shootout with Timo Horn, and both times he went to his right corner five out of five times. So he went into the same corner every shot the opponent hit. And the funny thing is, it did work twice. So uh, in, in the first shootout, he, he managed to uh, save one penalty. And yesterday, he saved one as well. But he went to the same corner every time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why like other like coaches don't pick up on stuff like that. That would be the easiest thing in the world to say, ah, just see in which corner he goes. First shot, he's going then. Some, some of them do, some of them do. Christian Streich would tell you that he noticed something in Nicolas Gonzalez's penalty, I think, if you uh, remember what happened with Freiburg and Florian Müller the other week. So, it, no, it's one of those, I do agree with you, it's an interesting tactic. You would think that one of the five would go in that corner at the very least, so you've got a good chance of saving one, but it's a it's an interesting tactic of, of how to go about it. Okay, let's move on to the next match then, and that is Schalke against Leipzig. This is a big one this weekend, because I think a lot of people were looking at Leipzig and going, I want to invest in this squad but how do I invest in this squad and where is maybe also a very important question because the Royal Blues Schalke have shipped a league high 49 goals across 19 games so far this season Gladbach were the last team to concede 50 or more after 20 matches that was back in 2010-11 when they survived via the relegation playoffs thanks to a certain Mr. Lucien Favre uh, working his magic towards the end of that season now there was also news Danny Olmo got rested in the cut which is great news for fantasy owners and potential buyers flow. So who are you picking from this game? I'm going with Danny Olmo just because of the fact you mentioned that he got rested in, in, in the cup. That makes him so much interesting for me. If you want the differential striker pick, I think you can go with Zerlot right now. Schalke has like the leakiest defense by far regards to shots. Um, they, they conceded like the... They are the only team who conceded more than 100 shots already in, in this year. Uh, 117, that's the mark. Freiburg is coming in second with 99. So th there's definitely some gap there. And it's also, um, I haven't mentioned that uh, before in the, in the Freiburg-Dortmund game, but that's like, I, I think the Dortmund matchup is better than perceived right now because Freiburg, like, they got some leaks in the back, uh, which they are not able to fix right now. Um, and that's why I like Dortmund as a whole, but like, that's not like everyone has Guerrero and Sancho probably. And, um, so, so it's not much room left to invest in Dortmund players. Yeah. But uh, Schalke is, is worse still. So, um, definitely Danny Olmo, you got Angelino in your squad and a differential, uh, striker would, would be, is a lot, uh, I think it's pretty safe that he, uh, he's going to start. Price tag 14 million is decent enough. We haven't seen that big performances from him, but uh, it definitely can happen. And why not at Schalke? It's, it's probably one of the better places where it could. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a good place. I, I it's mean, definitely a good place. If you saw the reactions after them going out in the cup at Wolfsburg, they, they look just like a beaten team. That was really hard to stomach, even if you're not a Schalke supporter. If you just saw like the, the way they were handling themselves and how, how desperate they were and, and beaten down time and time again. And even if they are able to play decently enough, they're not getting anything out of it. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's tough mentally for Schalke. 
No, I'd agree. And I'd say actually a 1-0 loss against Wolfsburg in the cup probably was more mentally damaging than a 4-0 loss would have been, right? At least you could wipe that one away and say, right, it's another game that we just, you know, it wasn't our game and nothing went right for us. But when you were that close and it's so tight, then it's a it's a big blow to morale as well, definitely. Uh, this is it. I took Christopher and Kunku out of my squad last week. Terrible decision. So I brought him in for the uh, the start of the Rook Runder. He didn't play. Took him out. He then got 18 points last week. And now I'm thinking of bringing him back in. So it's the Olmo Unkunku debate all over again. But Flo's gone for Olmo. Uh, you know, I'd probably say Unkunku just about. But uh, Kunku played in the cup. That so, is it. He did uh, play in the cup. Yeah, but still seeing probably um, that Nagelsmann will play both in Kunku and yeah, Olmo. That's it. Uh, I just feel safer with Olmo because he didn't play in the in the cup. Agreed. But yeah. I expect them both because it's no midweek fixtures for Leipzig next yeah, week. Definitely. Okay, let's move on to the next game. Mainz against Union Berlin. Now, Schalke, we were just talking about them. They're the only team to have conceded more often than Mainz this season, who have actually set an unwanted record with 10 points from just 19 matches being a new club low. Now, Union, uh, they had that one or draw against Gladbach last week where I think they might have been or felt a little hard done by because they really ex- Executed a great game plan. This week, they'll have Captain Christopher Trimmel back. Is he a big factor? Is that a, a big return for, for Union? And who are you looking at from this game, Flo? Uh, it's, not, it's not a game I'm really keen to invest on. And if I do, the, the pieces I want have to be really, really cheap. So Da Costa is a guy I like, but he's at 8.6. I think there are probably better alternatives. I like Paulo Otavio, who's the exact price, same price tag as Da Costa. I like him better. Um, one budget defender I forgot to mention when we were talking about that earlier is Philipp Mvene uh, of Mainz because he's playing left back and uh, he's sitting at 1.5 million. So if like he, he's definitely something you can look at because uh, I think it will be like Mainz um, will be uh, competitive in, in this match against Union. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. That's it's basically last chance saloon already in, in a home game against Union. So uh, I think we will see a lot of effort from Mainz. And the other guy I think you can look at is Dominic Kaur in midfield uh, for Mainz. 5.2 million. He's cheap enough that like he's on my radar. Not like I'm not keen on buying him. And that's why I, I, I think my player pick has to be in Vienna just because of the value. But... I expect myself to have non uh, Union or Mainz players in my squad. Because Trimmer is just too expensive um, for what he brings to the table. Because Union, without Max Kruse, like they scored seven goals so far in 2021. That's, that's the same amount of goals that Schalke did score, uh, to put that into perspective. So uh, definitely, definitely think I'd rather shy away there. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I personally am looking at Union as a very investable side because Mainz, they play this weekend, then they've got Schalke at home the weekend after, then Freiburg and Hoffenheim. Not two great games, but it's the next two really that caught my eye. And I, we talked about Trimmel, and yet he's, what, he costs you over 10 million. But Friedrich, Knocher, Schlotterbeck, they are all budget defenders that yeah, have proven... You, you know, I don't like to bank on centre-backs center getting like headers after set-pieces. Well, I, I, I just think it's not reliable enough okay, for my taste. I'm, I've, got an argument, I've got a slight argument against that, but I will make that argument later on in this show in the player picks. Instead, for now, we will move on to the next game in the fixture list, which is the final 3.30 game, Augsburg against Wolfsburg. Augsburg winless in their last six games against the Wolves, three losses, three draws. The Wolves, meanwhile, could set a new club record by collecting a fourth consecutive clean sheet in the Bundesliga. Is this now a good time to invest in Wolfsburg, Flo? Because Augsburg, Gladbach, Bielefeld, Hertha, the next four games, and they are showing good signs of form up into third place now, after all. Yeah, and I think where you want to invest the most is, is the defense of Wolfsburg, because that's where they're making their money. They, they, their attacking prowess is, is average, but like the, the, their defense is, is pretty good, and that's where the fantasy value lies. So Otavio is, would be my first choice pick, but if you want to bank on defenders getting shots off after set pieces, you definitely can go with Lacroix, uh, who had at least two shots on goal uh, uh, last week and is a target man uh, with set pieces. And in midfield, Yannick Gerhardt, 
Uh, he extended his contract, so he he's going to stay at Wolfsburg after, like, even after this season, and that's definitely heightened his uh, status at at Wolfsburg, in my opinion. Still a rotation risk, but at six point nine million, he, he's great value if he's on the pitch. I personally had too much money last week, that's why I went with Maximilian Arnold because I needed one midfielder of the standalone fixtures uh, last week. And they were just hard to come by players I love from the last three games of the match day. And Jose Arnold, definitely going to stick with him because that was the plan. Uh, otherwise, it was just stupid, uh, probably. Um, but I wouldn't recommend necessarily buying uh, buying into Arnold. Uh, if I buy a midfielder of Wolfsburg, it probably would be Gerhard or Baku um, if you want to go the safer route. And I'm not a Vejos guy, you know that by now. So That's it. I think Vejos had this really good patch in, at the end of 2020 where he was scoring goals and getting a lot of good fantasy hauls. The problem is right now he's scoring goals but not getting a lot of points because he's not really involved in as many shots. The creating is definitely coming through the midfield for Wolfsburg and yeah, Gerhard, Baku, Steffen, whoever you want to pick, they're, they're all valuable options in that Wolfsburg side. So I, d I do agree with you right now without Vegas. I don't think you'd be going wrong with the pick but his ceiling is nowhere near as high as it was at the end of the last year um, and while his base is still pretty good I think in the striker role, there are definitely better options out there for that price. Okay, let's move on. And actually, I realized, no, I didn't lie. I, it was the last 3.30 game. I was just making sure that we hadn't missed a game like we did one time in one particular episode. I, think, I can't remember who it was, but Frankfurt were involved. Anyway, onto the evening game on Saturday. Gladbach against Köln. It is the Rhine Derby. With four wins and two draws, Gladbach are one of only two unbeaten Bundesliga teams in 2021, the other being Eintracht Frankfurt. Köln, on the other hand, have actually recorded two wins from their last three games, which is as many as they had across the last 26 games This in the Bundesliga. The question is, how would you feel about Köln assets if you had invested in them last weekend, Flo? Because we were doing the debate Köln or Bielefeld. We both went with Ritsu Duan, but there may have been people that dipped into the Marius Wolf market. If you did, hats off, because I know I threw his name out last week as a bit of a throwaway. And well, it, it was actually, I should have taken his name more seriously, I think. Well, we were saying um, he's not playing up front, so that's why we don't like him. But then he ended up scoring two goals. Uh, that's just the way it is. But he's questionable for that match. So he took a knock in the cup. Uh, we're not sure about the status. Like, if you need a cheap option and, like, we get news that he's good to go, I, I think he would be the choice in midfield. And I actually don't mind Ismail Jakobs because uh, um, he, he did score in the cup uh, at, at Regensburg, looked pretty lively out there on the left wing. And I think he's he's back to playing the left winger for Cologne and he's sitting at six million being a defender in the game. Um, I think he's at least solid. So if he's in your squad, I wouldn't ship him out necessarily. I'm, I'm not rushing in to bring in Cologne's assets because they didn't look sharp in the cup. And maybe the win against Bielefeld is like hiding that is not going too well for Cologne. They they won two, but the truth is these two matches were at Schalke and at home against Bielefeld. And we haven't seen them being up to the task with better competition so far. No, I would agree with that. And I mean, Gladbach were in action in the cup as well. And I, I, I will say they, they did win against Stuttgart, but it was a performance that was very similar to the one against Union, where it's a little stale by Gladbach's standards, let's say. They weren't creating as many chances. They were relying on individual moments of brilliance from Alessandro Player and Marcus Turam in that game as well. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. And they've got Wolfsburg and Leipzig coming up in their next four games in between these games against Köln and Mainz on home soil. So you look at the Köln and Mainz games and go, oh, I'd like to invest there. And then you look at the away games to Wolfsburg and Leipzig and it kind of slows your roll a little bit. But uh, it's an interesting one because, you know, this is the first game for a bit of flexibility outside of the Friday night games and I'd say it's arguably one of the more attractive ones of the three that we've got to talk about still Flo. You could say that James if you would give me the lineup from Gladbach right now <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, I would feel good and great about my assets as it is right now with all the rotation and what we probably should mention as well is that Wolf who was a, a lone player from Leipzig 
Like he, like his clause was activated. He's now a Gladbach player, and he will get his minutes. We'll probably see some rotation. We're just not sure what. I, I myself feel probably the safest with Stindl because I think he's probably the m- most important player right now for the Gladbach attacking game, even more so than Hofmann or any like of Turam and Bolo and player. I expect two of the three to start. I'm just not sure who. And since I don't have that feeling, I'd probably personally look elsewhere because Frankfurt is playing on Sunday. I have enough players playing later than a Saturday afternoon that I don't have to force the issue uh, with a Gladbach player who I'm not sure is going to uh, be in a starting lineup. And I'm not sure I personally have the funds to invest in Stindl with uh, a price tag of 15.1 million. But he would be uh, the guy I'd look to if I want to invest there. Yeah, I think the problem is there with Leipzig playing Schalke and that type of price tag, you would rather dip into the Leipzig midfield market than Lars Stindl potentially. It's it's really the flexibility. Exactly. So I feel safer uh, with Dani Olmo no, than with Lars Stindl. Okay, let's move on to the next game because we are seeking flexibility this weekend as well. And if Gladbach-Köln maybe isn't the place to look, then Hoffenheim-Frankfurt on Sunday might be because these are, again, two teams that like to score goals, which is a good thing for fantasy owners. And we've got two star strikers on show. Uh, we maybe didn't mention it earlier, but it's the battle of budget strikers with Mainz and Union and Taiwo Awani against Robert Glatzel, the new signing potentially getting thrust into the starting lineup. Here is the battle of premium strikers Kramerich has scored 13 goals in 15 league appearances, which is one more than across the entire previous campaign, four short of his personal best of 17, and he's got a long way to go to break that. Silver, meanwhile, has scored more goals than any Frankfurt player after 19 games of a Bundesliga season in the club's history. 17 would be a career-best return. And it's funny with him, you know, he's got 16 goals. That's only three less than Alex Meyer won the Toyota Canona with a few seasons ago as well. It's worth mentioning. So, uh, Kramerich, Andre Silva, flow. Are either of these two a must-have right now? I wouldn't go so far to say that they are must-have. Um, but I, I definitely prefer Silva over Kramerich just because of the recent form uh, of Frankfurt. Because um, we know that they're they're pretty good going forward. 17 goals so far in 2021. That's second only to Bayern, who scored 18. So that's going to sh- that, that shows you how, how great Frankfurt has been. But they also have the best defense this year. They only conceded six goals and they conceded only 53 shots. That's the least amount of shots from any clubs. And they, they're leading second in this regard is, is Leipzig sitting at 52. And guess who's third, James? Is it Wolfsburg? No, it's it's not Wolfsburg, oh, just, but it's a green club. Oh, green, oh Bremen. Yeah, of course. Well, <laughs> I, I, I should have known. I should have known if you were asking. Actually. Yeah, you should. You should. But it's like, like I get you every time on this. So Bremen just conceded 62 shots so far this year. Third best in the league. And yeah, but Frankfurt is, they are just like, and, and they are on this role. And I think like they're coming together as a team and they're saying, yeah, we're doing this this year. We're playing Champions League next year. Uh, I think we, we you 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 can almost feel the spirit like 200 kilometers off Frankfurt in Cologne here. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I wouldn't mess with Frankfurt right now. Um, that's why I wouldn't go out of my way to get Kramaric. Although like he he's what we expected from him. Um, if he's on the pitch, uh, needed a few games, but now he he's showing that that he's a he's a great pick. Um, uh, definitely someone to keep on your radar going forward. I, I uh, prefer Silva just because of the environment and the team he's playing in. And um, yeah, uh, even going forward, like Frankfurt is, is they, they having good games. Uh, not not the Bayern one. Uh, they, they're playing yes, Bayern. Yes, Köln at home before that. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, the next game for Hoffenheim is Dortmund away. Yeah. The next game for Frankfurt is Köln at home. And yeah. at that point, I think that really that swings the argument in Silva's favour, even though they have Bayern on match day 22 yeah, ahead. Definitely. And then that's something to, to think about. But 
I don't necessarily think you have to get rid of your Frankfurt assets when they're playing Bayern. It's a standalone fixture. It's not the last of the match day. It's a, it's a, a Sunday match. Oh, no. Uh, I'm on the wrong match day. Sorry, James. That was um, why I was confused <laughs> before. It's a Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon match. But Frankfurt is playing at home against Bayern. And Bayern, like, they conceded 65 shots and seven goals so far this year. They're like, I'm, I'm not that afraid. I think Frankfurt can can give them the run for the money. I expect actually, uh, a good game then. So, and I think about that when we hit um, that match day. Yeah, that's it. I don't need to worry about that yet. Andre Silva still definitely high on the shopping list this weekend and next weekend before then as well. But yes, I think we did get a listener question. Oh, it's actually Gavin underscore Doyle IE who we asked the question about Bayern. He also had Frankfurt in there and said, how much should we invest in Frankfurt given the fact that Bayern and Frankfurt will play each other? And yes, a lot of teams right now probably have a maybe two Frankfurt and two Bayern at the minimum in their squad. And if you maybe raise that over the next couple of games, you could get yourself into a bit of a pickle with your three trials. But as Flo points out, it's not a must-sell moment for Frankfurt, even though they are up against Bayern, because they are on home soil as well. Yeah, and, and you cook from it another way. If we were, you're having six players playing in the Frankfurt-Bayern uh, game, some of these players need to get points. <laughs> I don't expect that to, to be a game where there are no fantasy points scored. Well, there may be a few duds, but I still think like, you're pretty safely getting some points in uh, if we, you got uh, involvement in that match. So I, I wouldn't, like, I'm not worrying about that match too much. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Okay, final game, Bielefeld against Bremen. It's the one that I'm going to have the pleasure of commentating this weekend. Armenia are something of an all-or-nothing team at home this season. They've won four and lost six at the Shuko Arena. Bremen, meanwhile, have claimed 13 of their 22 points this season on their travels. Are there players here, Flo, be honest, that you would trust to close out the match day? Yeah, definitely. I I mean, I brought in Ritsu Doan um, last weekend. I, I said in the pod I prefer Duda, which I did. But I was thinking about this match day, Bielefeld closing out at home against Bremen. Uh, although I just talked about how like that they didn't concede a lot of shots, but they also didn't have the strongest of opposition so far this year so I think that's definitely something uh, coming into play there and uh, I can see Bielefeld doing well here I don't hope that's going to happen but it could and even with Bielefeld creating nothing almost nothing uh, Ritsu Doan is is up there in, in shots I think sitting in seventh place with 15 shots or so, I, 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 I can um, get a, a, a quick uh, check on that. But he, he's high up there with Bielefeld creating nothing. So if we see a Bielefeld game, yeah, seventh place in the Bundesliga, sixth place actually, with 18 shots so far. He, Ritsu Dohan, has the same amount of shots on goal in 2021 than Danny Almo and just two less than Erling Haaland. But, so... That goes to show, like, he, like if Bielefeld is creating something, Dorn has had uh, has a feed in it. So I think he's he's a decent pick. Probably my favorite pick out of this match would be Kevin Möwald, actually, because he's sitting at two point two million, and he's making himself indispensable right now for for Bremen, and he's he's playing the best football he ever has. He, he's looking pretty good. He likes to get off shot. He knows how to hit the net. Scored twice in a row. Um, scored in the cup and scored uh, against Schalke. So um, for 2.2 million, definitely a way uh, where you can get in a very cheap midfielder. Uh, he, he, he's guaranteed to start. Um, uh, so if, if you need one there in that match, I think Möwald is the best option. Already talked about Augustinsson. Definitely like him. And with Doan, these are the three guys I would look at in this match. If you don't have the money to go with Augustine, so I still want the Bremen defender. I think Gabriel Selassie is also at least decent and he's cheaper, I think, sitting at 7.3 million. Yeah, but no more. Ich bin Felix Agu, Felix Agu, einfach Felix Agu. Was willst du tun? It was always going to come to an end at some point. We knew, we knew it would. Huh. <laughs> 
Yeah, we knew that. That he was a placeholder for Augustinsson. Although we like, it's fair to say he came on as a substitute in the cup and did score. True. So uh, he's definitely like he he's doing some good runs and getting himself into position. Um, but we have to see him being in the starting lineup um, with Augustinsson together before we can trust that being the case. And I don't think it's going to happen this weekend. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that, definitely. Okay, let's close out today's show then with some player picks, starting with your Vegas choice flow. Who are you going for? I'm going with Ritsu Doan. Uh, we just talked about him, and uh, I, I think he's he's pretty good value, but like it, it, it sounds crazy, but it's possible that Bremen just stonewalls Bielefeld and they're not getting off any shots. Uh, it's possible. I, I, I don't necessarily expect that. But I think Schalke, after having a pretty good first half at Bremen, like uh, in the second half, I think it was 17 to none shots on goal, Bremen against Schalke. So Schalke didn't have a single shot on goal in the second half at Bremen. And uh, with Ömer Toprak looking like uh, peak of his game uh, right now, uh, who knows? That's the risk with Ritsu Doan. Uh, I, I still think he he's probably... A good choice to close out the match, eh? Yeah, I love how he's gone from my banker last last weekend to your Vegas choice. The banker pick, admittedly, didn't quite work out the way I had envisioned it. But no, I think Ritsudoan is a is a very valuable pick. I've actually gone for a player from the same game, but I've gone with Milot Rashica because I decided to double down. I picked him as my Vegas choice last week, and he got eight points, which wasn't a bad return, actually, for someone that didn't start the game. But therefore, you know, get him in the starting lineup. But he's an even, even better Vegas choice this weekend round, so hopefully uh, it works out that way for me. But but that's why I have gone for Milot again. Yeah. And and this time I agree with you. Uh, he's, he's, he's going to start. Uh, I probably should have mentioned him before, but he's just a bit on the expensive side. Uh, I think he's over 12 million. He's exactly 12 million. Yeah. Ah, that's that's tough. I love him, but uh, and I'm still not sure that we see him more than 70 minutes. So getting this mm. second point for minutes played, that's I think fair. it's tough to come by for Rashica. No, that, that's, that's fair. But that, that's why he's a Vegas choice and he's not a banker. Again, for a second week running me lot, please, please uh, help me out here. Um, Super Schnepchen time then, Flo. Who are you looking at for your budget buster this week? Yeah, easy guess is Kevin Mervai, 2.2 million. And uh, with him, like... Uh, many of these guys, if we're talking pretty cheap players like a Moray, like a Muziala, uh, like a Pedersen, uh, if Iago is out, they are one and done. Or at least they just for the time that they are placeholder for someone who's injured uh, or suspended. And that's not the case with Möwald. I expect Möwald to be an integral part of the Bremen squad going forward, the way it's shaping out right now. And that's that's... For 2.2 million, that's actually is great value. No, it really is. And yeah, Merveld, now that he has uh, overcome that knock, I think is definitely a, a good place to look. Okay, my super schnepchen is the player that I've been alluding to all episode, uh, and that is Nico Schlotterbeck of Union. Uh, now, he is back after his lengthy injury layoff, impressed last week against Borussia Mönchengladbach, and that's mainly because he had two shots on goal flow, and this is the counter-argument to your relying on headers. Both of his shots on goal came from outside the box uh, and came with his feet. And I just wonder whether that's something that we might see from Schlotterbeck, that he has a bit of both in his locker because he was involved a lot in the build-up play. He often had that, you know, the pass before an assist type pass as well. And if he changes that and maybe gets the final pass, you never know. And he doesn't break your bank as well, which is so important. Uh, he's only 4.2 million, little cheaper than Marvin Friedrich. And so that's why I thought Nico Schlotterbeck was worth a mention here at Super Schnäppchen this week because if you are looking for people to replace Felix Agu or Eric Durm and you don't have a lot of money, then someone in that price range like Schlosserbeck is going to be very valuable this weekend. Bang. Yeah, I think I, I can get behind the Schlotterbeck one. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, <laughs> and he has a, I think he's left-footed. Yes. Uh, I think he has a nice left foot. Yeah, yeah. He, sent, he sent one that was a lovely strike that just rose a little too high, um, but it would have been on, you know, would have would have found the top corner had it been a few uh, inches lower. But yeah, no, it's just it just caught my eye, and I thought it was worth mentioning. So, how about your banker flow? Let's close the show with the banker. Who are you going with? It's funny. I have to go with Daniel Almo now. <laughs> I, I wrote down last Stindl, but did. <laughs> I mean, I, I I convinced myself not to go there because 
the uncertainty or more uncertainty around Stindl than around Danny Olmo. And then I have to stay true to my word. But yeah, I, I, in a vacuum, I'll, I still like Stindl probably more even than Olmo if I knew they both are starting, but they are so close that I take the, the surer pick with Danny Olmo. But well, that's it. I think anyone that maybe needs a bit of flexibility in their midfield, Lars Stindl would be the better pick over Olmo because Olmo's playing in that 3.30 kickoff time slot, so he's competing with a lot of teams in there. But if you don't need flexibility, I'd agree with you that Danny Olmo might be the way to go. I had actually written myself Christopher Nkunku down um, because, as I said, uh, this, this love-hate relationship with him where I take him out at the wrong time and bring him in at the wrong time, I'm going to continue that trend. Hopefully it'll work out for me this time. But I do like his upside potential a lot more than Olmo's. Olmo is the safe and steady pick, but Nkunku, for me, is on the cusp of you know these 20-point-plus games regularly when he starts, whereas Olmo, it almost feels like it's 15 is the max, and I'm, you know, that's exaggerating a little bit, but that's the thinking behind it. So yeah, I've gone with Christopher and Kunku. Yeah, I still think I think almost more likely to score than Nkunku, but Nkunku will be involved on average in more shots than Almo is. So that's a much more yeah. succinct way of putting it, Flo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not wrong. That's exactly it. But the thing is, I think with Olmo or Nkunku, I really don't think you can go wrong with them this weekend. So yeah, the banker picks are strong here. Um, and of course, we could have picked you know, Bayern players from the Friday night fixture, but it just doesn't quite warrant it this week. But OK, that brings us to an end of this week's Talking Foosball Fantasy episode. Don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook if you haven't yet. Join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League for now. From me, your host, James Sorrow, Good Flow, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Alfie Dehern. Auf Wiedersehen.